Welcome to the Resolution Podcast, where we believe it's possible to overcome struggles and thrive in life. Here we discuss mental health, trauma, brokenness, healing, and ultimately how we can experience a thriving life with Jesus and others. These conversations are informed by my new book, Free to Thrive, co-authored with Josh McDowell. I'm your host, Ben Bennett. Welcome to season two. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Resolution Podcast. Let me just say, I could not be more stoked for today's episode. I have Dr. Henry Cloud with me, and we're going to get into how to heal emotional wounds. Now, you may be familiar with Dr. Cloud, but let me just share a little bit more about him. Dr. Henry Cloud is a clinical psychologist, pastor to pastors, and New York Times bestselling author. His 45 books, including The Iconic Boundaries, have sold nearly 15 million copies worldwide. Throughout his storied career as a clinician, he started treatment centers, created breakthrough new models rooted in research, and has been a leading voice on issues of mental health and leadership on a global scale. Dr. Cloud lives in Los Angeles with his wife, Tori, and their daughters, Olivia and Lucy. Dr. Cloud, hey, thanks so much for joining me today. Sure, Ben. It's good to be with you. Yeah, it's so good to see you again. I think it's been a couple of years, especially with the pandemic, but it's good to be face-to-face. I've just thrown calendars and watches, you know, overboard. They they, they don't help me anymore. (laughs) (laughs) No watches, no calendars. It's a free-for-all. No No boundaries, no. I I don't know where we are. This whole thing is just, it's confused me. So I've just decided to stay confused for a while. (laughs) Stay confused. Uh, so do you actually still have boundaries on your calendar and timeline now <laughs> after all of that? Well, actually, um, yeah, I, 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 well, I made it here today at the right time, right? So we're, we're doing Ooh, good. <laughs> we're we doing are well. doing, we are doing good. And y'all listening, let me just uh, share that Dr. Henry Cloud, uh, such an awesome, kind, generous, brilliant man. He was so kind to write the forward to my new book, Free to Thrive, co-written with Josh McDowell. And uh, what he wrote in here is just so amazing and generous. He's been a key part of Josh McDowell's story and a key part of influencing my life. So it's great to chat with him today. And um, as we get into this topic, you know, the reality is we live in a fallen world. We all experience emotional wounds to some extent, even if we think we have had the most perfect life. Uh, we all get hurt. We all get wounded. And it, it can negatively impact almost every area of our life until we deal with it. But it's great that the truth is that freedom is possible. We just need to know how to experience it. So let's go ahead and, and get into the conversation, Dr. Cloud. We'll you start out by sharing how you became involved in psychology and helping people heal and grow. Mm. Well, I came about it the hard way. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I I hit the pavement. I got really, really depressed. I was in college. Um, And I was actually an an accounting and finance major. I wasn't even in in psychology at all. Didn't know anything about it really. I, I was I'd been recruited to, to to college to play golf, and I was, you know, I was an athlete, and I was pursuing all that, and I had an injury, and I had to give that up, and uh, I got really really depressed. And so um, through that process, um, you know, seeking healing myself, but also I started reading a lot of things, and I actually came to faith at that same time in a deeper way mm. and i was reading a lot about how faith integrates with um with getting well and life functioning and and there was something that happened when i would read in that content area and talk about that stuff with people that didn't happen in accounting and <laughs> didn't happen in finance and, and all of that even though i love those things um i just started to feel this this deep desire to 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 pursue more. And then I feel like God really directed me to um, change my major and to go pursue it. And then from there, um, I wanted to, after college, I took a year out and I spent it working in a hospital 
just to make sure of this calling. And that's what I wanted to do. And that, that's how I first got involved in it. Well, that's, that's amazing. It's, it's interesting how God so often uses our wounds to become uh, yeah. what, what he uses in the future to, to go on and, and to help others. Um, yeah, you know, they're, 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 one of my favorite verses is in Second um, Corinthians 1, it says, we comfort others with the comfort by which God has comforted us, or we've been comforted. And so one of the things that, that is important, I think, in life, you know, we go through hard times. Um, you know, I, I, I always say that's sort of, if you take a Netflix movie, if you're, you're watching a movie and you hit pause, uh-huh. well, then you can see the whole movie, right? Mm. But you can also see these frames, and these frames are seasoned, or I'm sorry, are, are uh, uh, scenes. Mm. And that's like our life, that if, if we're going through something, we're in a moment with a much larger movie. God is going to take us through that. He's going to heal us. You have a future and a hope. There's things we can learn. We grow. But we've got to do the right things in that scene. We have to co-write mm. that scene, right, to, to mm. try to get well. And good. after that, so many times that verse is true that the rest of people's life story, they are able to, to take what they learned in that scene and make somebody else's movie different. And so mm. I think that's something that he does. We, you know, pain is bad enough, but let's not waste our pain. Once we get mm. through it, let's use it and let it be used by others. Yeah. And and like you're saying, those little clips of the movie, those thumbnails or, or scenes in the moment when the pain is so great. I know from my own life, it's so easy to be consumed with that and be like, this is the whole movie. It's never going right. to get better. God's never going to use right. this. But then if we fast forward a little bit or live it out a little bit, sometimes God's so gracious to give us the ability to look back and say, oh my gosh, because of that, as bad as it was, he's doing this now. And um, it's amazing. Just a testament to God's work through you, Dr. Cloud, and your story of pain and the millions upon millions of people that he's helping through that that thumbnail in in your life uh, that was a while ago. So, well, one of the things you know, I'd say this to anybody wherever they are. I'm thinking of as you mentioned, I'm thinking of so many people I know. One, one, um, one, one woman I know who became an author and a speaker and a big advocate for um, for kids in foster care and aging out of foster care. Um, she got she got a vision when she was homeless mm. at age fifteen, living in a dumpster. Wow! That she would have this future of helping young girls while she's homeless, living mm. in the dumpster. And that's what God does; He sees a whole movie. So wherever you are right now, um just reach out to him and it's probably going to take a while to get out of the dumpster or it may, but don't let wherever you are now ever think that that seals your fate for a future. It just doesn't. Mm. That's so good. Such a good word. Well, you've been working with people for years now and everyone you've worked with Dr. Cloud has probably experienced some kind of emotional wound or wounds. Uh, I think it happens to all of us. What are common experiences you would say that people can have that end up wounding them, whether that's as a kid growing up or even life now in the present, if they're an adult? What are just common ways people end up getting wounded? Yeah, it, it's a good question and a complicated, complicated question. You know, it's interesting when you said emotional wounds, um, I first thing I thought was we need, we need to even make that more complicated, right? Because <laughs> when you think about it, what is an emotional wound? Well, we, we use that term because what we're talking about is when we are wounded, one of the places we experience is experiencing in is in our emotions. We might, it hurts, right? We feel sad. We, we feel scared. We feel afraid we feel, you know, betrayed and we feel abandoned and we feel yeah. grief. But see, our emotions, our emotions, one way you can look at emotions is emotions are a little bit like, like the dashboard of an airplane. 
Emotions tell us things. Mm. They tell us they tell us really the state of the plane. How are we doing? You know, if we're feeling peaceful and this and the other, and the gauge is over here. Well, if the gauge goes over here where it's running red hot, then we know something's wrong with the plane. Well, our emotions are a signal to us. If I'm mm. if I'm angry, that's a signal that something has gone wrong. Okay. Or if I'm sad, that's a signal or the experience, the result of feeling the state of being that I've been wounded or abandoned. So, so what, when do we begin to experience those things? Well, common ways to your question that people get hurt is um, two categories. I'm going to start with two categories. Okay. One are things that happen to us. Okay. Another thing, another category is things that don't happen to us. Now, think about this. If you've got a child and you feed them something toxic or something noxious, that's something that's happening to their system and their system is going to get infected. It might really then infect or actually affect the equipment itself. They might have so-called permanent damage from what we gave them. That's things that happen to us. Wow. In the other category, take that same child. We're not giving them anything toxic, but we're not feeding them mm. well. Maybe they're, they're, and they get malnourished by what's missing, then that's injurious as well. And so sometimes when people when people have to look at what developmentally happened, sometimes there were things that were done to you that really, really hurt and broke the equipment, which I'll go into. But there's also things that didn't happen that you needed. Mm. And so neglect can be just as injurious as sometimes injury. And so I think we have to look at at, at both arenas of what are the things I got that I didn't need? I didn't need abandonment. I didn't need control. I didn't need abuse and molestation and all that stuff. I also didn't need for nobody to show up. You know, that's not good either. Yeah. I didn't need to be a latchkey kid that never had any structure. Nobody taught me how to regulate my emotions or nobody, you know, so, so we mm -hmm. can get, I mean, th this fallen world has no limit of ways <laughs> that things can go wrong. So I think we have to, but, but let, let me give you a quick list here. One is basically, because I always think of emotional woundedness affecting the equipment. You know, mm -hmm. if, if a car gets hit and something wounds the car, well, certainly there's the crash and the feeling and the look and the feeling and all of that. But now the, now the thing's broken. So it's got to be repaired. And that's what I mean by the equipment. So our most basic need in life is the need to be able to, to, to connect and invest emotionally in people. Mm. Well, that can be wounded. You can be abandoned. Okay. You can be neglected or people can hurt you that you're emotionally invested in like abuse or, you know, any kind of abuse or other kind of injuries. And that breaks the equipment. It breaks your trust muscle. So now I got the wound of being abused, and I also can't trust people because of that, which leads to ongoing further sense of isolation and not being connected. And that's going to cause a lot of symptoms. So the first is in the area of being able to trust and connect with people and be emotionally, you know, kind of grounded in relationships, and that gets mm -hmm. broken. The second thing is our sense of separateness and, and self-control having good boundaries where, where, you know, this is me and you are you and, and I'm supposed to be in control of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be free to make my own choices and do what I want and say yes and no. But see some people that's been wounded mm -hmm. because other people trespassed their boundaries and took control of them and manipulated or guilt control or didn't let them live their own life or maybe physically cross the boundary and turn them into an object. But they lost a sense of I'm in control of me and I'm free to make my own choices. That equipment gets broken. So then later, what happens is they become people pleasers, for example, or they can't say no, or they can't stand up to 
to, to you know, crummy people. They're doing hurtful things to them. Yeah. And that equipment's broken. And mm-hmm. then another area is, 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 you know, the injuries of our ability to be able to process pain. You know, uh, if, if somebody has, has in any, any developmental picture, kids going to fall down, hurt themselves. They're going to lose a turtle that died. You know, they're going to flunk a test. And part of what we need is somebody to help us build the ability to get through grief and sadness and wounded woundedness. Some people have that capacity injured because the, you know, it's like not only are people causing woundedness, but they're saying, you know, what are you crying about? Shut up. That shouldn't hurt you. Or we don't talk about negative emotions or that's over. You're, you know, I had a friend that had somebody die and, and, you know, instead of resolving the grief, people around them were saying, you know, well, they're in a better place now. You should be praising God because, well, what about the grief in Israel, in the Old Testament, they would grieve for 30 days. So, So some of these abilities to, to not be able to process pain. And then some people get injured because they get put down. You know, they don't, they're not allowed to, to develop their talents and they're always critiqued and, and, and perfectionistic demands and they're never good enough and they're wounded by unrealistic expectations. All of that stuff um, builds the equipment of a thriving person or tears it down. Mm. Yeah, that's so, so helpful, especially what you're saying about oh, many things that are helpful. One is that oftentimes I think we think that the only way to be emotionally wounded is if somebody outright abused you or hurt you or, or did something to you. But we're also significantly wounded by not having our needs met, uh, especially as kids totally. growing up. And, and um, that's totally. something that we definitely need to, to wrestle with in our lives. And then the other thing is, is the broken equipment. You know, so many of us have broken equipment, but it often gets blamed as this is just my fallen nature, my sinful nature. I was born this way. And thank God that he saved me. And eventually when I die and go to heaven, this will be gone. And yeah, I think there's it, really it's a- sort of like it's sort of like if somebody were sick and they go to the doctor's office and all the doctor can do is, OK, we'll stay in the waiting room for you know yes. 70 years and in yes. 70 years we will pull you out and send you to the hospital. That's, right. that's not that's not what Jesus taught. He mm. said the kingdom of heaven is is among us. It's here. Wow. We're supposed to bring the kingdom into that waiting room and be healing people. Yeah. It's not, it's not all later. It's not so, like so that. good. And on, on that note, I, I recently was doing a word study on around Easter time on uh, salvation and looking at the Greek word. And I was like, this is amazing. It, of, of course, we, it means to be forgiven of sin, but it also means to be healed and made whole. And so the, the gospel has this um, layers to it. And out of the gospel, our wounds, you know, can be healed as we're reconciled with God and have new experiences and, and as God God heals us. In in our new book, Free to Thrive, we we dive deeper into hurt and trauma and how to um identify those things in our lives because it's it's our life is all we know. It can be so hard to even come to the realization that we've we've been wounded and and hurt. Um but there's so many symptoms that we can we can look for. So you mentioned some of them, but could you unpack more of what these symptoms or coping might look like, whether it's individually or mental health or even relationally, if people have been wounded? Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. You know, one of the things that I have to battle as a psychologist, even sometimes, uh, even sometimes in the field itself is that sometimes people will see the symptoms as the illness. Mm-hmm. So you hear things like, well, it's a good treatment for depression, for example, or a good treatment for anxiety. Well, of course, we want to treat the symptoms of depression and anxiety. But you don't treat just the symptoms. You treat the person whose mm-hmm. system is producing the fruit of depression or whose system is generating and producing anxiety. So again, we got to go back to treating the person and healing the equipment, their hearts, minds, and souls. Then the symptoms are going to change. 
Now, again, I'm not saying we don't treat symptoms, but I'm saying uh, is if all you do is treat the symptom, you hadn't gotten to the root of the problem. And the Bible's metaphor of this that is extremely helpful is the tree and the fruit. And so if, you know, if we're making sure the tree is healthy, we don't have to worry about the oranges and the apples, right? Mm -hmm. But what some people do is they come along and they try to look at the oranges and the apples and just do something like that, but they never get to what, what the tree is. So that's kind of the, the equipment. Now, what do some of these oranges and apples look like? What are the symptoms mm -hmm. that let us know that something's wrong? Well, broadly, one helpful way I think of thinking about this is put them in three columns, clinical, relational, and performance, mm. clinical, relational, and performance. Sometimes woundedness or brokenness will manifest itself clinically, which means I hurt in some way. I got a pain. Doctor, help me. Anxiety is a clinical symptom. Depression is a clinical symptom or other other energy kinds of, of pathologies like, you know, hyper energy can be a symptom. Mm -hmm. Somebody gets hypomanic or even manic, you know, can't stop. They're always driven, all that kind of stuff. They can't stop their mind from racing. So, so uh, mood disorders, right? Anxiety and moods, depression, fears, phobias, things that I'm afraid of, staying in an amped up state all the time. And then thought problems. Sometimes people all the way from simple ones, like, you know, I'm always, always kind of, you know, pessimistic and looking at the downside and the world is dark and I have negative thinking all the way to ruminations, worry. They can't stop worrying about something and they can't all the way to sometimes their thinking gets distorted. You know, they get a little suspicious, for example, or, or, you know, I feel like people are always trying to hurt me. So, so we have, we have, mood problems we have anxiety problems we have thought problems sometimes we can have addictions patterns that you can't break you know there's there's a bunch of ways in which basically the clinical world is i don't feel good something's not working in me okay so that's the first column second column is relational symptoms we're designed to be close to people to be able to trust people to invest in people and at the same time, while we're close, we're supposed to be able to not be swallowed up either or lose our separateness or lose our, our, our ability to say no and this and the other. And so you see relational symptoms like people can't get close or all they can do is be close and they can't be separate mm -hmm. or they have abandonment fears or they have control issues in their relationships, either subject to people controlling them or they're controlling of other people. Or they have angry outbursts when they get close, or they dominate people, or they have commitment phobias, or, 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 or. So some way in which, which our relationships get disturbed by our brokenness. If you've got a wound, you might sometimes even, like with PTSD, for example, you erupt, if something gets triggered. Well, yeah. that interferes with, with the relationships. And so sometimes <laughs> even makes us fearful of relationships. So the relational arena, you'll see symptoms of intimacy, control, you know, perfectionistic, idealistic, uh, idealistic, I can only love somebody while they're perfect, or I can only feel like I'm going to be loved if I'm perfect, all that kind of stuff. And then the third arena is performance. We were designed to perform. And people sometimes will say, well, I'm, I'm not a task person. I'm a people person. And no, you're not. You're mm -hmm. creating the image of God. And God is a lover and a worker. Right, God has relationships, and He's got talents and abilities. And he creates things, and He brings us to fruition. Mm -hmm. And you're supposed to too. You're supposed to be doing both. So everybody's got some talents. But what if my brokenness? Maybe I'm so afraid of failure, I can't even step out and try to risk something or fail or learn from it. Maybe when I do try and I fail, I go into a black hole. And I interpret that as I'm a loser. I'll never be able to do anything. What if I'm so unorganized I can't, you know, meet a deadline? What if I procrastinate? What if, you know, I never finish things? What if I don't even know what my calling and my abilities and my talents are? Because I've been put down so much my whole life. I think I'm worthless. So in some way, our performance, you know, a lot of times kids, how do we diagnose that there might be an emotional issue? Their grades go down, mm. Right. The performance side, you know, how do we know 
Somebody might be hurting at work. Well, generally they're performing really well, but this last season we didn't see much. We didn't see much output coming from that corner of the office. Well, maybe there's some emotional stuff going on too. So I, I'd look at those three areas. Well, that is profoundly helpful. I wish I wish everybody could listen to those couple minutes about just identifying the symptoms and. Uh, I really think that there's a lot of hope in that, in, in those symptoms, because we realize that those symptoms have a cause. And if there's a cause, there can be resolution. They can be resolved. I know in my own life, after decades of struggling with anxiety, depression, porn addiction, being heavily medicated, uh, starting to abuse alcohol, I thought it was all random. I thought it was all biological. I thought it was just like, this is what I'm going to deal with until I die, until I started to realize no, there's some hurt beneath this. There's some unmet needs. And all of those things are contributing right. to these symptoms. And that's when hope broke through in my life. So um, I know you have worked with people for for decades and you've seen you know so much hope break through. Here's the million-dollar question uh, on this episode today. How do people wait a minute, begin? If I, wait, hold on, I'm not gonna understand. <laughs> if I if I answer this, you're gonna pay me a million dollars. I love this. <laughs> a million dollars. <laughs> yeah, just send me your bank account information and your social security number and <laughs> credit card number. <laughs> Be glad to. <laughs> so. The million dollar question. Maybe I'll give a. I need to give a discount to that. The thousand dollar question uh, <laughs> today is: How do we begin to heal from emotional wounds? Um, that is the million dollar question because that's that's kind of what matters, <laughs> right? Um, you know, there's so many different ways that we could go about about answering that but but let me let me give you a couple of different ways to think about that okay first of all we have to put it in the context of well what does that mean when we say emotional wounds are we saying i'm sad so i want to heal that so i'm just not sad anymore no let's go back to the original thing of what did the woundedness do to me yeah you know how did what capacities and abilities did it break in my equipment to be able to thrive? Hmm. And so what we're going to do when we get down the road on this is we're going to begin to address what got broken, my ability to be vulnerable and open and trust, my ability to stand up for myself and to say no and to make choices and have something the Bible calls self-control instead of being hmm. other control. We want self-control, freedom, okay? Is that what's broken in me? Do I have difficulty feeling loved in a relationship when I'm apart from that person? Separation, inability, separation, anxieties, fears of abandonment, all that kind of stuff. Am I so perfectionistic that I can't even live life without feeling bad all the time because I'm judged internally? Mm -hmm. What about my talents and abilities? So what, in other words, the way we're going to get healed is we're going to get into processes that address the basic broken and brokenness in the equipment. All right. So how does that happen? Well, the easy way to think about this, and I think, I think this is why God did this. You know, if you do a, there's a lot of different stuff in the Bible. It says that all loads on how we get better. Okay. Mm. But it always comes down to this is what I've written about in my book, Changes That Heal. The way we get better, it's always going to involve three basic ingredients, no matter what problem we're addressing. And the three ingredients are grace, truth, and time. Grace, truth, and time. Now let's unpack those for a minute. What is grace? Grace, a lot of Christians think grace is, well, God just accepts me unconditionally. That's not what grace is. That's a manifestation of this grace. Grace is so much more than that. Grace is favor. It's unmerited favor, which means that God is for us, and he's intervening to help us, and he's going to give us 
what we need to get better. Mm. Key, key point. Yeah. Let's go back to the baby. We can accept them unconditionally, but no, that baby needs to be graced, yeah. unmerited, things they can't bring to the party themselves. They're not earning this. Mm. But mom comes in and she nurtures them and dad comes in and he nurtures and, and they provide and they're giving them things that they don't possess. Okay, that's grace. So if I'm going to get healed, I've got to be connected to some delivery system of God's grace. Now, what a lot of Christians do is they try to make this grace a propositional truth. And they say they'll claim their identity in Christ, for example, and they think that grace is going to heal them. Well, you go to 1 Peter 4.10, for example, among many other places, and what it says is when we're using our gifts to help someone else, that we are administering the grace of God in its various forms. Mm. So if you're going to be healed, you got to be in some, that's, that's the basic doctrine of ecclesiology. That's the church, that God, yeah. the body heals itself, mm. Ephesians 4, 16, I think, as each part does its work. So how am I going to heal? I got to sit down with somebody that's going to provide things God has for me that I don't have. Healing, support, empathy connectedness, encouragement, all of the one another's in the New Testament. Yeah. That we are to deliver that grace. And when you're empty inside and you get into a community that begins to love you like you weren't loved, and then you have to respond to grace. You know, the Bible says we can insult the spirit of grace. We can quench mm. the spirit. We can, somebody can offer us something if the baby doesn't drink the milk, they've got to be stimulated, waking up sometimes. You have to do this with them. It's to take in what's going to heal them. So not only do we need to be provided help, we also need to open up and respond to it. Paul said this in First or Second Corinthians 6. He said, Corinthians, we've opened wide our hearts to you, but you've got to open up to us. Mm. So where are we being vulnerable, but vulnerable only, where there's people that can help us and give us what we need, whatever was broken, okay? The second thing is truth. You know, truth is structure. Mm -hmm. Truth is expectations. Truth is aligning ourselves with reality and performing to meet those realities. That's what the whole, the whole line of righteousness is in the Bible. That God says, for example, we're to be people of grace and truth. Well, somebody can be graceful and loving, but there's, there's ways of loving that don't match the truth of God's ways. And then your love becomes unhelpful. It becomes codependent love. It becomes smothering love. It becomes enabling love. So we've also got to be in an environment that's not only teaching us and showing us how the world works to heal what we need to heal. And we're learning those things, but it also got to hold us accountable to meeting those things. Let me give you a mm -hmm. good example, emotional regulation. You know, you see all this stuff now they started in the nineties or so calling it, you know, um, EQ and emotional intelligence. And all yeah. this. So we, you know, we've, there's been models of this since, you know, the fifties because you got this equipment that regulates your emotions. Key important thing to go through life that we got to be able to experience something and kind of like be able to put it in the right perspective and think about it and calm down and solve a problem instead of have a fit, right? Mm. Well, I've got two girls, and when they were toddlers and they would throw a tantrum, well, what would I do? I would grace them. I'd say, you know, Olivia, you know what? Here, I want to talk to you, and I'd soothe them, you know, calm down, kind of sit there. But I would make requirements of them as well to, to grow to the next level. And I'd say, okay, now I, I'll listen to you. If you're not screaming, I want you to use your words. Tell me with your words. We're not going to throw things. Not going to scream. Use your words. And then they would have to calm down. Then they'd have to meet the bar. It's going to build the equipment. That turns into emotional regulation. And that's what happens in good counseling and good therapy. And if you go through the New Testament, 
There's 80,000 one another commands that will repair all of this stuff that's wrong with us. Yeah. But we don't look at it that way. So, mm-hmm. we, and, and the third thing is time and time. But, uh, by the way, let me go back to truth for a second, because I want to say some of your audience that you hear all the time, all the time in the Christian world. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a certain section of the Christian world that thinks you're going to heal all emotional wounds and all emotional problems by what I call the truth model. And their mantra mm-hmm. and their flag is, you, what? You, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Right? How many times have you heard that? So what do they do? They go off from there into a truth model of trying to heal. So I memorize scripture. I have my position in Christ. And I'm doing all this cognitive stuff. Okay? That's not what the passage says. Mm. What the passage says is if you hold to my teachings... If you really believe this stuff, if you're hearers and doers of my teachings, Mm. then you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. In other words, you're going to be in a discipleship process of doing all of the stuff that he said and being doers of the word, not just hearers of the word or intellectually memorizing it. But we're going to actually do it. When he says, confess your faults to one another so that you might be healed, that's not a verse you memorize only. You memorize it, and then you sit down and call your buddy and say, I'm struggling. I got to confess this. And not legally confess it, but let you know about it. And then they (laughs) pray for us. And and then it gets healed by doing what the New Testament says. So the Mm. truth is not something the Pharisees believed it. They didn't get healed. It's, we got to enter into the process, grace and truth. And then what happens over time? And there's this whole thread throughout the maturity process in the New Testament that is process-oriented. He is, he is perfecting those that he's already been made perfect. Your position is secure, but now you got to grow into it, Okay. Second Peter 1, if these traits are present in you and increasing over time, all of these process orientations, you mature somebody in time. So we have to be involved in a process over time. And then the other thing is God does do supernatural things. I mean, I've seen people get healed of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't need to do the maturity as well. Or I've seen people get delivered of stuff. But that doesn't mean they don't need to do the sanctification maturity thing as well. Jesus said you can get rid of a demon, and if you don't fill up the house with maturity, then he's going to come back and bring seven of his buddies. Mm. So anyway, long answer, but that's how I look at it. So, so helpful. So, so good. I love it. Um, in, uh, yeah, you, you, you've been working with people for decades, Dr. Cloud. Um, before we wrap up, just putting everything together we've talked about today, are there any people that you think of, people you've seen, people you've worked with who have experienced healing for emotional wounds, and, and what did that look like for them? Oh, gosh. Uh, I mean, <laughs> where, where would I start? Where would I start? Um, I, I mean, give me a category. This is, you know, I've seen. <laughs> well, so what, what, what would be a category you'd like an example from? Let's make it a little more specific. Um, I think the one that you shared in your book, The Power of the Other, and you shared with me a couple of years about the surgeon, I believe it was. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Was, was, that was really impactful for me. <clears throat> yeah, it's a great example of what we we're actually just talking about. This was a man who um, was, a, was a famous, is a famous heart surgeon, and, um, uh, you know, big hospitals, <laughs> you know, sort of like different city, you know, it's not Mayo, okay, the Mayo Clinic or this clinic, right? There are certain doctors that, you know, um, uh, big healthcare things are kind of built around. Well, he, he's a superstar like that. Mm. And <clears throat> um, he had one problem, and one problem was he had what some people call it sexual addiction that nobody knew about. Um, but they discovered 
and he was sleeping with um, almost every nurse in the hospital. It seemed like <laughs> he started to add it all up and just had multiple affairs. Well, finally he got caught and his wife decided to stay with him and his partners decided to stay with him and they give him a chance. So he puts together this, this rehab program, right? And he was a Christian. Um, and so it, a lot of it was, you know, had a lot of spiritual disciplines and other things, other things with it. And so he called me. Um, I had treated him or, you know, known any of this and heard about any of this. And it was out of the blue. This guy calls me and says, you know, I'm Dr. So-and-so. And, -so, and um, he told me about the problem. He said, I've got a plan to get better. And um, I'd like for you to look at it and kind of evaluate it because I've read things that you've written and blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay. So he flies out to LA from the East Coast. And <clears throat> we sat down and he told me this plan. He told me the story. He told me this plan. It was, a, it was great stuff. It, it's good. Now he's on a regimen of morning Bible study. He's having his quiet time. And then he um, is getting discipled by somebody. And he's, he's making sure he meets his wife's needs. He's going to go for a walk every day. You know, when he gets home, instead of unplugging on the couch, he's going to be involved with his kids. And he's going to memorize scripture and a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. And so he's, he's kind of pouring all this out. And I'm listening, and then he said, so what do you think? And I said, well, actually, I'm sitting here getting really, really depressed. And he said, why? And I said, because I'm really, um, I'm, I said, because I'm really concerned for your wife. And he said, why? I'm going to be doing all this stuff. And I said, I said, because you're going to have a, it's going to happen again. Mm. If this is your plan, it's going to happen again. He said, what do you mean? I said, you're headed for a second heart attack, doctor. You know, wow. he's a, he was a cardiologist, right? Our heart guy. And <clears throat> he said, what do you mean? So I said, this is going to happen again. He said, he said, why? I said, let me tell you something about the human heart. And then he started laughing. And he goes, okay, tell me. Something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tell, tell me what I don't know. Yeah. I said, I said, doesn't the heart have a couple of pipes that come in and then a couple of pipes that go out? He said, yeah, sort of. I said, well, everything you just listed is output. Mm. The disciplines, you know, meeting your wife's needs, memorizing. It's all stuff. It's great. It's important. It builds. This is part of healing. But I don't see anything coming in here. Mm. And so you're going to run dry. And you're going to have needs that aren't being met still. And you're probably going to go act out and meet those needs again. I said, there's nothing here where you're becoming vulnerable and letting other people give you all of the other stuff the New Testament talks about, where they're putting in courage, courage into you, where they're weeping with those who weep, where they're supporting you, where they're healing the broken heart. I said, it sounds like to me, you got to trust muscle that's been broken like where do you where do you depend on anybody where you get nourished yeah. and nurtured and have needs met he looked at me and he said i don't i don't really do that i said since when and this is the moment he said i mean i kind of remember when i changed i said what happened well he told me a story about an alcoholic father that um, had to go to rehab. He was 16. The, my, uh, the patient was 16. His father was obviously older. Mm -hmm. And then his mother had a nervous breakdown and went away for like four years. And he's all of a sudden parentless, but he's got four younger siblings, three or four younger siblings. And he realized that it was all resting on him. He said, I went out into the yard that night. I still remember that night when it all happened. And I looked up at the sky and I thought, I'm, I guess it all depends on me now. And so he said, I just went to work taking care of my siblings. 
Well, then he goes to college and he's pre-med and he's working all the time. Then he gets into residency and he's working all the time. He said, I just really haven't ever stopped. And he told me his schedule. It's output, 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 plus so much stress. I remember he said, yeah. he looked at me and said, you know, I'm in these surgeries. It's, it's so easy to kill these people. I mean, if I make a mistake, he said, it's just constant stress. You know, he said, I guess, is that what you're talking about? I said, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. So we rewrote his program. To where it included everything he was saying, but it also included the other two pipes where he was getting given to and becoming vulnerable and being supported and all of that. And he is just doing incredibly now and is such mm. a source of help for others and their marriage is thriving. It's just so fantastic just to see what God's redemptive powers can do. Yeah. But God doesn't go to a broken person and require them to start performing. Mm. He heals us, and then he requires us to perform. Mm. See, our faith is an overflow. We love because he first loved us. It's not a giving out of an empty vacuum. That's just going to collapse in on itself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's like dead end religion where we're trying to put ourselves like perform, even in our healing, we're trying to often we can try and perform and do, do, do like uh, this gentleman you worked with. And that's a way of putting ourselves under religion again, under the Old Testament law to either try and earn people's yeah. approval, earn God's approval when we're made new in Christ. And now it's it's a matter of living out, living into who we already are and who God says we are, and it's a not merely an intellectual thing. It's a it's a relational thing, and um, and it's amazing just how all throughout Scripture, like you said, God has provided instructions for our flourishing, for our healing, right. and all the one another's, and how we heal in relationships. So, Doctor Cloud, I tell you what, you know, how many times? How many times? Are the formulas that you hear are they don't talk about these New Testament processes, processes mm. of of the healing. The listen to these words: the body heals itself as each part does its work. Mm. That's Ephesians four. Sorry, my my Doberman just decided that the wind is <laughs> started barking at. As each part does its work. Okay, so, but a lot of times when people are struggling, you don't hear a message that includes, you hear a vertical message, you know, having faith and believing, you know, the right things and this, that, and mm -hmm. the other. But we've truncated the gospel. Right. Because Jesus has equipped this body. If I have an infected finger, I don't amputate it away from the body and tell it to go read a book on anatomy. Mm. It's, it's, it's as Ephesians 4 says, it's connected to the body. And as each part does its work, what, what happens? My, my oxygenated blood is sent out there and pulls the toxins out. My immune system goes and contains the infection. I eat broccoli. Mm. It's broken down into new cell material. The whole body is healing this infection. And so many people in their spiritual life will dissect themselves from the body. And we need both. We need God and we need God in others as well. Yeah. Amazing. So, so helpful. Well, as we wrap up here today, Dr. Cloud, where can people um, stay connected with you and your resources and, and find out more about uh, what God is doing through you? Uh, one of the most exciting things um, that I've been involved with um, in a long time is something called Boundaries.me. It's a website, www.boundaries.me. And go there and check it out. Um, it's basically think Netflix, okay? So if, you, if you're a Netflix member, you log on. And you got all these categories, mysteries, action, thriller, drama, rom-coms, all these. And then you go and you watch stuff, right? Well, you go to boundaries.me. It's a platform I've built. And we have all these categories, emotional problems like anxiety and addictions and depression 
and all of that relationship issues. I can't commit or, you know, I'm afraid of intimacy or how do you resolve relationships with difficult people that are controlling you or difficult conversations and all that stuff. And then performance. So there's over 80 courses on this platform called boundaries.me. So go check it out. You can become a subscriber for free for a trial period. So you can check it out. There's, there's no risk. And then it costs you a little more than a cup of coffee um, for a subscription per month. So um, uh, give up a latte or two and, and, and start to grow. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah. I love boundaries.me. It's like, I can't even count the number of categories. It's been so helpful in my own life from relationships to healing to thinking about trauma, anxiety, um, just phenomenal stuff. Also, your social media accounts are legit. I'm, don't you go live like every day on Instagram and Facebook and take in calls? Yeah. Yeah, I do. A, I do a call-in program every day. So Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or you can download it as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. By going uh, by by looking up boundaries.me. So check us out. Um, normally it's at, it's live at ten o'clock Pacific um, most days, uh, but it stays up there twenty four seven. So you, you you can watch it anytime you want. So so awesome. I remember when you started that last year during quarantine. I was actually the first caller ever. Somehow <laughs> I I remember that. I got yeah. I got that credit. So I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. But whether you're watching or listening today, uh, whether you're wanting to heal from emotional wounds, whether you're wanting to help somebody else in, in your life, know that freedom and healing truly is possible. Know that God has designed us. He's wired us to find healing from our, our brokenness, from our emotional wounds. And we see all throughout scripture, like Dr. Cloud mentioned, God's instructions for our flourishing and for our good. And um, yeah, again, check out boundaries.me. Phenomenal, phenomenal website. Pick up particularly uh, a couple of Dr. Cloud's book. I want to books I want to recommend, The Power of the Other, How People Grow, two phenomenal books that have helped me so much in in my own life. They'll help you too. Dr. Cloud, I'm I'm so thankful for you, your friendship, your influence in my life. And hey, just thanks so much for your time and for being with us today. You're very welcome. And congratulations on your your new book. Those things don't write themselves. So good job. (laughs) Thank you. Really appreciate it. And thanks for writing the forward again. That was just so, so generous of you. Sure. Thanks for checking out the Resolution Podcast. To go deeper on today's topic, get my new book, Free to Thrive, at resolutionmovement.org, as well as access a variety of free resources. If this episode encouraged you, please take a moment to rate it, share it, and subscribe. You can listen to us wherever podcasts are found, as well as watch the visual version of each episode on our YouTube channel. Connect with us by searching Resolution Movement on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. See you soon.